0: This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson and I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Whenever we're in West Yellowstone, Montana, Dave and I always visit Blue Ribbon Flies hoping that Craig Matthews will be there. Craig started the fly shop and he sold it, but he's frequently there holding court as we like to describe it. Craig sits on a stool behind a fly tying bench and he chats it up with the customers that come in. He has stories and insights and he's got a great sense of humor. And I always walk away from those conversations thinking a bit more deeply about fly fishing, if not life in general. Well, today, Dave and I are going to have a conversation about life and fly fishing. We're going to do that by riffing Mm -hmm. off some reflections from another fly fishing giant, Uh, I should say, that's in addition to Craig Matthews, not in addition to us. (laughs) No, no, no. No, we're not fly fishing giants, although... We just came back from lunch at a Mexican restaurant. We, we, we ate a lot of We might be giants food, right so, now. <laughs> yeah, we might be giants. That's right. <laughs> anyway, the giant fly fisher that we're talking about, in addition to Craig Matthews, is Nick Lyons. He's one of the biggest names in fly fishing literature, and he's in his mid-80s. Of all his books, I think his masterpiece is Spring Creek. I recently shared some of his more reflective quotes from that book, in uh, one of the pieces on our blog and as I read them I thought, hey we need to have a conversation about these. So that's what we're gonna do today uh, a conversation about just a handful of uh, uh, great quotes from Spring Creek.
1: Our first topic today is how many fish make a good day. Now here's the quote from Nick Lyon's book Spring Creek. He writes, I'm always astounded when I read of someone catching 40, 50, 60 trout in an afternoon, 10 of them over such and such size. Why? Well why continue? A few good fish make a day, more make an orgy. A flurry of fish catching satisfies me completely. I don't want to catch every fish in the river. I don't want to beat my companion. I don't want to break records. That's a great quote. It really is. There's part of me, though, that when he says that, I think, hmm, I really like those 40 fish afternoons.
0: I know. I do want to catch every fish <laughs> in the river. Exactly. And I want to beat you, Dave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to the next quote.
0: Oh, man. I do think he's absolutely right. I think yeah.
1: certainly during the first years when I was learning to fly fish, and I was learning to fly fish for probably <laughs> 25 years, and... And as I got over that first hump, uh, in which you're not catching fish, and then all of a sudden you start to catch fish, I will say that I've been able increasingly to enjoy a one-fish afternoon, Hmm. a two-fish afternoon, and even a day when I'm not catching anything. And I have to say that I probably don't have too many days when I don't catch a fish. Yeah. but. This idea of massive amounts of fish, I don't know when he wrote this, how old he was when he wrote this, but this might be a second half of life quote.
0: Yeah, I think this was originally published in 92, so...
1: And he's in his 80s right yeah, now? Yeah,
0: right. He's 84, uh, I, th- I think, and this was 92, so do the math. I mean, let's just say he goes back 25 years from when he wrote the so book. He was yeah, he's probably 60. He's 60, early 60s, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But what do you really think about that? I mean, how do you reflect on that?
0: Yeah, I I mean, I agree with him. I I love to catch fish too and I think you just said this, but I you know, to me if if I'm not catching fish, I'm I'm not having a good time. Uh you know, I I like catching. Uh it's not enough for me to say, oh, it's just a great day outdoors even though I didn't catch anything. I guess I'm beyond that. I I want to catch fish, but you know, the, the, what's the difference between a 10-fish day and a 40-fish and a day? I, I think initially, until I had a couple of those days, I almost felt like, well, I need to catch 40 fish to justify my existence as a fly fisher. <laughs> and believe me, we've only done it a couple times. But I think after doing it a couple times, I felt like, okay, been there, uh, done that. Now I can just settle down and relax and maybe take what the river gives me. And yeah, I still get frustrated if I'm not catching as many as as, as I'd like, or and, and I'm not. It's not that I have to catch more than the next guy, but if somebody else is having success and I'm not, uh, yeah, that can be frustrating. But I, I think his his line in that quote, "A few good fish uh, make a day," I think I've I, I've learned to appreciate that.
1: Also, part of this, when I was younger in fly fishing and not as proficient as I am now and not catching fish. I'd feel anxious. Like somehow I've got to make this day. Okay. I'm two hours in, I'm three hours in and I'd feel anxious. Now I don't think that way. It's more like, okay, I've got to I've got a problem to solve here. They're not yeah. mm-hmm. they are not hitting dries. they're not hitting nymphs so maybe I should try streamers or it just is more problem solving and I've really moved out of that and
0: yeah yeah I, I funny thing is I, I used to uh, I used to have that same anxiety. I mean you, you put a label to it and I think I would fret about well, you know then when I go home and I have to tell people that I didn't catch fish, I mean how bad is that? Well, Really? Who cares? Nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, my,
1: certainly your wife doesn't care. No,
0: I mean, if, if I have, say I've had a good day, that's that's fine, you know. Whether I, but I, I think there is that that tendency, you know, part of uh, just human nature that we, uh, you know, that we think, well, man, I've I've got to succeed at this. Well, yeah, but sometimes there's going to be uh, uh, success that comes in different yeah, ways. That's great. I remember uh, maybe the first time that I caught, uh, it was like over 25 fish, and I had never had a day like that before, and it was on the, the bear trap, and I think the thing that was great about it was it was a surprise to me, and man, that was th- that was just stunning. I remember a couple years ago, a 40-fish day that we each caught more than 40 on uh, the, uh, uh, the gardener, and Man, that was a blast. But you know what? We kind of expected it going into it because yep. we did pretty well the day before. And I will say this, uh, we finally, we, we quit about two. It's like, it's, it's what uh, Nick Lyons said. At some point, You, you don't just need to, to catch stop. every right. fish in the river. Exactly. And, and we, uh, we didn't. So I guess maybe that's the, the point. You don't have to catch every fish in the river to have a good day. A few fish... Make a day, and I think what you and I both have had to do is just to be appreciative of the the five fish days, the ten fish days, and haven't we gotten better at that? I mean, I know I used to evaluate trips just solely based on how many did we catch and did we have one super stellar day, but I, I think in recent years. You know, I, I don't think as much about how many fish I've caught. I'm, I'm able to think about the whole experience, as long as I'm catching some fish. That's a mindset shift that I think happens over time. And there might be
1: some fly fishers who begin with that, and they're, you know, perfect and holistic in every way. Yeah. But I, I was a little more shallow, I think. <laughs> When I first started out, and it's about consumption. I beat you at being shallow, Yes, you did. You did. You beat me. You broke the record on shallowness. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: Oh, and I'm so proud of it. All right. Here's another topic. The newness of familiar water. And here's the quote, and it's a short one. I never went to Spring Creek without seeing something new. Hmm. Here it is again. I never went to Spring Creek without seeing something new. Is that true for you, Dave? When you fish, uh, you know, can you say after every day in the water, I, you know, I've always seen something new.
1: Absolutely, that's true. And I think in the context of that, the context of that quote is he spent. Was it a month at at the yeah, spring creek? Yeah, uh-huh. right. Did he fish every day? I can't remember. I think so,
0: I think so. Maybe there was a day or two where he didn't, or where they they took it easy. But it's pretty much a so one month. So think about of that. Fishing. He yeah. fished
1: every day in a spring creek, yeah. which doesn't have as much differentiation or flow difference than say a Mm freestone but he is so right about that and i don't Mm. know why this is but the river is different every day it's the flow is different the weather is different the wildlife that you see is different Mm -hmm. you know the whole cliche you step into the river and it's just different the moment you step into the river and to me, that's what makes it so awesome. And it really is. For me, it's about yeah. catching fish, and it's about being in the outdoors. And, yes. mm-hmm. and this idea of seeing something new is just one of the marvelous, marvelous parts of fly fishing for me.
0: Yeah, we look forward to that. And and that's also the fly fishers that we run into as well. Uh, you know, a lot of great ones and a, and a few that... Uh, Frankly, we'd like to trip. <laughs> yes, exactly. As they're
1: yeah. elbowing their way, or push into the water. <laughs> we haven't talked uh, about this in a while, but no. that, remember that one morning in the Driftless, we got up really early just because we wanted to fish this stretch of river, and we, yeah. we thought mm, mm-hmm. there might be some other fly fishers on there. So we got there, we're putting on our waders, and up pops and up drives a, a guide with a with a client, and. Oh, while we're yeah. getting on our waders pulling on our waders he goes so are you guys gonna fish here and we're like mm-hmm, yeah that's why we're yeah, pulling on our waders right. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that oh yeah mm-hmm. yes we are yeah. so he eventually went downstream not too far no <laughs> and uh, in a sense crowded us out yeah. and i get it he mm-hmm. had a client yeah. i'm trying not to be a complete sure. putz here but yeah. but it was hilarious I'm- so but back to to the different. There's always yeah. something new every day. Yes, there really is. And that's one of the great delights of the sport. I think it
0: is, and that's a good reminder just to keep your eyes open for uh, for things other than fish, for the rises, and you know, watching your fly or your strike indicator or whatever it is. Um, yeah, just just being aware of surroundings. I mean, yeah, you think about the cool wildlife that we've seen over the years and. Last year, uh, you know, when we were fishing the Gardener, uh, we did pretty well. It wasn't as good as uh, maybe it was, a, it was actually three years ago. But we did catch fish, right? And we're catching him as we're listening to this uh, six-point bull bugle on the hill, uh, what, a couple hundred yards above it us, and just we could see his cows. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, that was that was amazing. And you know, other times we've yeah you know, we've talked about running into, you know bison or we you know we see a wolf or or you know, whatever it the might mink, be yeah man so yeah there, there's always something new to see and that that's one of the things that makes fly fishing really rich our next topic is why
1: life should be like a riverbank and here is the quote by nick lyon again it's from his book spring creek at times i have wished life as simple as this riverbank. The world a logical structure of bend, current, riffle, and pool, the drama already unfolding on the glassy surface, and me here on the bank armed with some simply lovely balanced tools and some knowledge prepared to become part of it for a few moments. So do you wish life as simple as a riverbank, Steve? That's an interesting wow.
0: quote. You know that that is, and I'm not sure that I have a that I have a great answer for that. Maybe the first thing I would say is a lot of the riverbanks I seem to fish don't seem to be that simple. So uh, maybe maybe my complex life is like some of those complex riverbanks that I can't always figure out. But yeah, may, maybe there is a sense in which. So maybe my answer is yes and no. Which okay, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Yeah, I think we all you know when we're out fly fishing there is a simplicity about it that we enjoy in that moment but on the other hand sometimes the complexity is what makes life you know interesting and that's sometimes what makes fly fishing interesting isn't it too but but I I think I see his point I don't know how do you think about that Dave
1: there's a part of me that yearns for uh, a more simple life and I think certainly the modern life with, you know, the cell phone, with TV, with all the noise, all the, at least for me, I'm still in the middle. I have kids in in, in in elementary school, and I have a son in high school who's graduating this spring, and I have two in college, and um, there's a complexity to life that when he talks about life as simple as this riverbank, there's something about my current life that makes me yearn for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And in some ways that's a great gift of fly fishing. In yeah. is mm-hmm. in that you get to return to that every right. time you go mm-hmm. out on the river. Even yeah, you know, even if it's crowded, uh, you still get to be a part of something that, yeah. of this of this simplicity. So maybe that's how I would relate yeah, to Yeah, and it. May-
0: maybe that's what I'm trying to say. I guess those times on the river with that simplicity, uh, Maybe doesn't make me long that all of life is that way, but it provides some space to what? To detox or some space to maybe to recharge. Maybe that's a better way of, of putting it. That detox uh, is good too yeah, though. Yeah, like kinda of both of those. So yeah, it's not that I, I, I stand there and think, Oh man, I wish my life were this simple but I, I stand there and think, Well, wow, this is a great gift. This just enables me to get away some space to think and And focus on something completely different and enjoy the outdoors and and yeah that's great yeah Uh, maybe that kind of leads into uh, this next topic and that's why trout fishing is not enough that's kind of a provocative idea Uh, this is what nick lyon says and again keep in mind that uh, that he was a he he has been a very prolific writer and uh, just had an opportunity to do a lot of teaching a lot of different things Uh, back in the eastern seaboard, I think maybe in the Boston area. So this is what he says. I would like to be here for weeks, even months, but I could not live all my life in trout country. I have other fish to fry. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Pun intended, huh? I have other fish to fry, and difficult as that other world might be, I'd rather be in the thick of it, blasted by its terrors, than sit outside and snipe. If all the year were holidays... To sport would be as tedious as to work, and I have rarely found work tedious. Man, that does, is that,
1: does that resonate
0: with you, Dave? Oh, my.
1: Ugh. You and I have often said there is both, there's two, at least for me, there's two impulses. One is this deep desire to move back to the West. I grew up in mm-hmm. North yeah. Dakota on the Northern Plains, but part of why I love growing up there and still love going back, as I do every fall, is just the isolation of it the fact that you really are in a place where there's not hordes of people, and there's something really wonderful about that. And we've often talked about after we fly fish in Montana, when we take a trip, how wonderful it would be to go back. But then we all, we go, hmm, well, you start to really look at the folks that live there who live in trout country, and their life is as hard as ours is, or harder. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. it's a hard scrabble existence living out in Montana doesn't mean there's, you know, people with lots of money that can enjoy the big house and have more of a leisurely life, but for most people, you're living a hard scrabble life. And I think he's right. I think if all the year were holidays, to sport would be a te- yeah. as tedious as to work. Mm-hmm. To sport would be as tedious as to work. And he's right. Yeah. If if all there was to do was fish all the time, it would become work and it'd be kind of a, it, and it would and it would become a kind of work yeah, would. that you would not enjoy. No,
0: I think that's exactly right. I have people who will say, you know, when they find out, "What do you, you know, oh, you used to live in Montana." Oh, good night you. Why did you move back here? And yeah, the funny thing is people will say, "Do you miss it?" Well, yes, but but no. Uh, I I do miss it. I I love it, but I like my life here and I like i'm doing what i'm called to do and there's some there's some opportunities here in the chicago area that that uh i think have helped me develop and grow as a as a person as a, as a pastor as a writer um, yeah i i wouldn't have had those same opportunities to develop so i almost feel like i have the best of both worlds i've, I've got great opportunities here but uh, I get to go back to Montana, we, we get back, you and I do, once or twice a year, and still have family in Idaho, and, and uh, involved. You have family in Denver. Yeah, family in Denver, and reasons, too, to get so to Portland. <laughs> so Yeah, you do. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very content with that, but I, I'd say the same thing, too. I love my work, and, and I think for both of us, our work is a calling. I think that's a, maybe the quote that uh, maybe resonated uh, most with me. All right, so here's our final topic. Uh.
1: How trout fishing benefits your life. And here's the quote from Nick Lyons. Tough fishing stretches you, provides you with the skills and confidence for a thousand lesser moments, and it eggs you on to take greater chances. It's not just courage that's required, of course, but some knowledge of the kinds of major tactics that can be necessary on a trout stream and then a perfection of the skills needed to enact them. Would you say, Steve, that trout fishing benefits your life?
0: Yeah, definitely does. I'm trying to think, does it benefit my life in the way that he's talking about? In other words, uh, you go out and you you fish and it's a tough stretch of river and, and that gives you this challenge and then if you catch fish, you go home and you you get you feel better about it provides
1: some benefit for when you when you face other lesser challenges yeah
0: yeah i i suppose is that's that true the, i don't know i don't know I, I do know this when i go home and i've caught fish i feel a lot better about myself <laughs> <laughs> but i i would think that there's probably there is a back and forth i, I don't know which is the egg or the, the the basket or the horse or the cart on this one i mean it, it can probably work both ways uh, maybe some of the challenges that you face in life and you overcome then, then you go out to the trout stream and you say, well, you know, I, I problem solved this issue at work this week. I ought to be able to you know, apply the same problem solving skills. So I guess this is another one of those quotes. Maybe I've, I've never thought as much about the, you know, the, the how time in the river and, and what I accomplish there helps me accomplish more at home or work but it's an interesting thought and you know what what do you think
1: uh there's a part of me that does not resonate with this quote um but perhaps the one area i do think for many years or i should let me back up let me say that there have been times in the outdoors where i have been pushed physically um, I think of the time we talked about that on the Wyoming Bighorn, in which all of a sudden there was a lightning storm, rain right. came down. We, we were chilled. It was at the end of July, I believe, but the temp dropped from, it had to drop from like 80, 85 to, was it 60 degrees? It was a yeah, big drop. Yeah, oh, it was, yeah. And we didn't really have the right gear and because because we didn't bring our waders. But those moments where you're actually up against you, what you're physically able to uh to endure and I'm right. not saying that that was at the end of my uh physical limits but we've had that hiking where I remember just coming back from some of those long hikes up Tower Fall or up the Yellowstone down down to Tower Fall and then up to Yellowstone you know you're coming back and you can hardly put one foot in front of the yeah. other mm-hmm. I don't know if those I don't know what that does for my daily life back here but I, I know it's a good in my life yeah let me, let me I, maybe I say it like that yeah. it's a
0: really good to be stretched to your physical Yeah. Minutes. so yeah if, if we expand this concept of tough fishing to mean more than just fishing. You know, figuring out how to catch the fish but yeah all that goes into it yeah the, the hikes in they I mean I, I think at the time when I'm going around uh, you know upper Two medicine lake up in Glacier National Park when I'm in high school or maybe a first year of college the the summer after that and i'm i'm you know dragging my little brother then who's 11 years younger so i'm i'm 18 19 he's uh he's what 10 9 10 and and (laughs) we're going around upper two medicine which is a huge mistake because it's uh, uh i mean the the one end of the lake it's just like the the sheer wall of the mountain just goes down into the lake. there's no shore and uh, you know good night we're walking around that thing and are hanging on to branches and there's water seeping down. I'm thinking, oh man, if if I slip or if I let him go uh, there's 15 feet of water immediately and you, you're right you, and of course no surprise we, we made it around fine but there is something about those, what those harrowing experiences or those tough moments that uh, uh, it it does strengthen you in a way when you you're able to overcome that and and I guess while you can't I can't always see maybe oh the the direct correlation between that and in a particular situation I face in my you know home life or my work life I, I'm, I'm sure there is a connection so that's a yeah that's just an interesting comment it
1: reminds me I was hunting pheasants one time in South Dakota it was probably 10 years ago and we had gone out with there were about four or five dads and then all the all their sons and so I think there was like 13 to 15 of us in our party and we took a big trailer brought a bunch of food and we camped out at some guys well actually we didn't camp out we stayed at a at a I think a America Inn or something like that but the first day out they had just gotten about a foot and a half, two feet of snow. So we had gone out there, and they just got blasted with snow. And it was like the day after the snowfall, and so it was a cold morning. The birds were under this crust of snow, and so we were tromping through. And within two hours, you were just exhausted,
0: oh, and
1: man. your thighs were burning, and you know, and, and you wanted to quit. And you're thinking, and I'm and I'm pheasant hunting. Why, but again those in modern life there there isn't much that physically stretches you think about it you just you're never hungry when you eat you just eat because that's the time of day to eat there's nothing physically demanding about modern life in a first world country and so i think the opportunity to do that and push yourself or be pushed when when events happen or something happens a squall comes up or I think it's really good for you. And whether that actually affects how you work or changes your life anyway, I think there's good just in that.
0: That's a great point. Well, it's a good book, if you get a chance, uh, read Spring Creek by Nick Lyons. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Here's a comment we received from Bob on our podcast on taking an exotic fly fishing trip uh, we had a conversation with Toby Swank at Fins and Feathers Fly Shop in Bozeman, Montana, and uh, he talked about some exotic trips, you know, places where it's warm, and uh, going to Belize in, in February, some, something like that, and, and this is Bob's comment. He says, my wife and I have taken only one exotic fly fishing trip to Belize, and I really want to stress what Toby mentioned. The other people on the trip can make or break your experience. So be sure to do your research. One member of the group on my trip just dominated all the talk. He knew everything about fly fishing, politics, and how other people should be living their lives. And he wasn't about to wait to be asked before sharing his wisdom. Pausing only long enough to guzzle some more rum before telling us how to live life.
1: Oh, oh, that's. Man. Oh, my. Ah, right there.
0: Oh. Then he says, it got to the point that we were spending a lot of time in our room just to avoid him. It really made the trip unpleasant, and we were kind of relieved to be heading home at the end of the week. In the future, I'll only do a trip like that if I know everyone in the group, or at least someone I know can vouch for the other members. Oh, oh. man. That's a that's that, a great comment. That is Woo-hoo. a
1: p- exclamation oh, point to what Toby said <clears throat> about man. the people on your trip will make or break the trip.
0: Oh man, we feel your pain. We haven't been on an exotic trip with guys like that, but we've we've been around people like that. And, well, I, oh, as I man. mentioned,
1: I was in I went to Russia with a group of about fourteen people. I think it was in nineteen eighty nine for two weeks, and we were uh, we were learning language at a little. Uh, Institute language institute north of moscow a young woman on the trip she was in her uh i think she was in her mid-20s she had graduated from a uh i believe it was an ivy league school so she's very well educated but what you don't know is when you're with a group like that and you're under pressure and going to russia back then was was really an amazing thing i still remember going through uh, the customs when we got off the plane. And people talk about the Iron Curtain, and I felt the Iron Curtain. As you walked Mm. off this plane, there was this heaviness that settled over you that until you got back on the plane two weeks later, you felt. But anyway, when you're Mm. under pressure like that in strange situations, people do some strange things. (laughs) Yeah, they do. This young woman ended up falling in love with the guide who was guiding us and she left the trip oh and left goodness. us left us. Th- this in the is a tri- Russian guide, right? A Russian yeah, yeah. guide. Okay. So there's an oh, American man. woman wow. with a Russian guide. And she would actually leave the group, not tell us where she was going with this young Russian guide. It was so inappropriate. Wow. And then when we confronted her, because I was one of the leaders on the trip, then when we confronted her, she was j- you know how it is when you do that. Some they make it like you're the one who's like like you're the one who's crazy. Mm. And it was the most bizarre trip I've ever been on. Wow. But what, what Bob is saying here is just dead on. Oh, man. man, if you don't have the right people on a trip, when, when tough stuff comes, it becomes really, really hard to enjoy the rest of the trip.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, make sure it do, do, uh, do a trip with people you know. That's a good idea. It, it's bad enough when it happens, but it's even worse when you've paid a whole pile yeah, of money, a bucket load of money. Yeah, to go. for a once in a lifetime trip. So That's awesome. Well, that's going to do it for today. How would you respond to any of the topics we've raised in today's podcast? You can respond by commenting on this podcast link at twoguysinriver.com. Uh, what thoughts did those quotes by Nick Lyons raise in your mind? And thank you, as
1: always, for referring our podcast to your Fly Fishing Club, to you chapter, friends. Keep forwarding on our content or referring or mentioning our podcast. Uh, we're just really, really grateful when you do that. And also keep sending us podcasts episode ideas and many of you've already done that and we try to actually take all those into account and as best we can add them to the editorial lineup so thank you so much and also one more thing if you haven't yet purchased our book the fly fishers book of lists life is short catch more fish you can find that little baby on Amazon
0: that's right when you order Nick Lyons Spring Creek uh, you make sure you get a uh, the fly fishers book of lists maybe if couple people do that Amazon will pair them together yeah. wouldn't that be amazing oh, well,
1: be paired with <laughs> Nick Lyons I don't yeah. think that'll happen in our lifetime <laughs> no and I'm, I'm
0: sure he would be happy to know that that will not happen all right well thanks again for listening I'm Steve Mathewson and I'm Dave Getz. until next time we are two guys in a river
1: for the love of fly
0: fishing